After this, knowing that everything had now been finished and to to fulfill the scripture, Jesus said, I thirst. A jar full of sour wine was sitting there, so they put a sponge soaked in sour wine in a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. I thirst. How do you react to that? If someone tells you, I'm thirsty, how would you react to it? When someone that's distressed or they look like they're about to faint or an elderly person says, I thirst or I'm thirsty, you rush to get them a glass of water. You know, you go and you get a cushion, you get a a chair and, you know, maybe a blanket, depending on how things go. But when a young man tells you, I'm thirsty, I think of maybe like a confirmand during class. Sometimes, instead of feeling a rush of empathy, you get annoyed. I'm thirsty. Well, why didn't you bring your water bottle from home? But when we hear, I thirst, I'm thirsty from the lips of our Christ, we search for something profound, something wonderful in it. Jesus wasn't trying to hide in any way his divinity, wasn't trying to hide behind his divinity either. He's hurt. He's in pain. He sweat like blood all night when he was praying in the garden. A crown of thorns has been pushed into his skull. He's probably lost pints of blood. He's dehydrated. He's been hanging in the sun for six hours on a hill. He thirsts. I thirst. I am a man. I have limitations. You don't have a high priest who's unable to sympathize with your weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted just as you are, yet without sin. It's beautiful. Jesus' thirst unites us with him in our weakness. He has weakness too, but he takes our weakness and brings it onto himself as he brought on the sins of the whole world and died with it. I thirst to fulfill all scriptures. Yes, the Old Testament prophecies are there, but also Jesus' own living scriptures as he spoke. Luckily, the gospel reading we just heard was of when Jesus was speaking with the sinful Samaritan woman at Jacob's well. She shows Jesus mercy by giving him a cup of water on a hot day. And of course, Jesus in turn gives her mercy like no other person, let alone a man, had ever given her before, nor could give her. Mercy, grace. He says, everyone who drinks of this water, pointing to Jacob's well, will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him or her a spring of water welling up 
to eternal life. For some reason, living in creation after the fall means that we get hungry. But even more so rapidly, we get thirsty. You can only go a few days without water. It's a limitation placed on our own selves by our own sinfulness, that initial sin. We're cursed. We get thirsty. But Adam and Eve's separation from God through sin has been undone. Jesus says, when he realizes that all of this has been finished, says that he thirsts. It's all been brought to an end. Mankind's sinfulness has been paid for by Christ. On that cross, all of it has been brought to himself. Jesus thirsted on that cross in your place. Your suffering makes you unique. It gives you dignity as a part of the image of God. You are irreplaceable because you uniquely suffer in your own way. But his suffering links with our suffering so that when we suffer, we can hand it over to him. He suffers for us, and he gives us what he's carrying, and his burden is easy. Because Jesus did not only thirst for water on the cross, but he thirsted for the cup of God's judgment. And we look into that dark cup, don't we? We look into that dark cup of what God has given us in judgment But Jesus knows we can't drink it. He knows we'll try, but we can't finish. He takes God's cup of wrath, his fiery judgment from us. He looks into it deep, oily, black, and he drinks it for you. Lord, I thirst as long as it brings you glory. Though I thirst, those who drink of me will never thirst again. I thirst for them. I thirst for you. To fulfill all righteousness, to keep those prophecies, to be your one perfect, all-availing sacrifice for the forgiveness of your sins. Now, pastor, this is dark and sad. I thought you were the young guy. The Jesus I know is chipper and smiling, Well, the Lord himself spent his last night eating and then singing hymns with his friends. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross and he scorned its shame. And so we as Christians, we go into our unique suffering for the joy set before us. We're weirdos. We go into our suffering for joy Scorning its shame, knowing Christ will find purpose in it. He will redeem it. He will take it onto himself for us. And all the rest he will damn for you.